From Upstate Medical University, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. Upstate has been recognized for improvements related to sepsis, which is a potentially life-threatening infection complication. Here to talk about sepsis is one of the doctors who leads the anti-sepsis efforts at Upstate, Dr. Melissa Schaefer. She's an assistant professor of pediatrics. Thank you for being here. Welcome. My pleasure. Well, um, we should begin with an explanation of sepsis. Um, what it, It's an infection complication. How does that work? What is it? Uh, sepsis is an overwhelming infection, uh, and your body's response to it uh, spins out of control. So the inflammatory cascade is so robust that it causes complications, including in its end stage shock and even death. So it so can be a very serious thing. Do you start? At, does a patient start out like with some sort of I don't know, like a cold or some minor infection, and then sepsis develops, or how do how do you how does it can be that way, and it can start all at once, too. So it's the body's overwhelming response to an infection, usually a bacterial infection, uh, so colds or viral infections. Um, it can be an overwhelming response to a viral infection, but more often it starts with a bacterial infection, and then the body's response to it becomes overwhelming to the point that it causes damage in and of itself. So no matter if you're being treated for the bacterial infection, it's separate from that? It Treatment does help, um, if that's what you mean. So if we treat the inflammatory response early um, and give antimicrobials early, it's been shown to help stop the overwhelming inflammatory response and stop the shock and help the patient recover. So it is possible to get it under control. Okay, so let me under, like if, if I have a bacterial infection and I'm being treated for that, I could still have, develop sepsis you could, but if you're being treated with antimicrobials and under a doctor's care, that's one of the things that they'll be looking for to make sure your okay. treatment is going well. Okay. Well, um, tell me who is most vulnerable for, to sepsis. Uh, so anyone can get sepsis, and a uh, consistent percentage of our, of our patients are the otherwise healthy. But the most vulnerable are children under a year, elderly adults, although I'm a pediatrician, so I don't don't deal with those anymore. Um, and those who are on immune suppression for whatever reason, be it chemotherapy uh, or genetic conditions, anyone who's vulnerable to infection is, is vulnerable to having an overwhelming infection as well. So how do you know if someone has it? Is it easy to tell? or It's not. So the first signs are fever and tachycardia, especially in a child. We actually see that fairly frequently with minor infections, so that's what makes it really tricky. So fever and uh, fast heart rate is yes, tachycardia. Yes, sorry. Technical okay. words, yes. Fever and over... Uh, a heart fever rate and inappropriately raising. fast heart rate okay. um, is the first sign, and that's very not specific. Lots of people have that who don't have sepsis. Uh, or who won't progress to an overwhelming infection. So to know if you're having progression to an overwhelming infection and that overly robust immune response, you would see uh, changes in the skin where the uh, blood flow doesn't go all the way out to the fingertips very well. Mm. Um, you would see decreased urine output. So in a baby fewer wet diapers is the thing your pediatrician will often tell you to look for um, and can happen for other reasons but taken together with a with a bad infection is is a serious sign to look for and then um, when you're having trouble getting blood flow to your organs children especially won't act right they'll be too sleepy 
overly irritable, and that's another thing that pediatricians will often tell parents to look for when they're treating an infection is if your baby isn't acting right, I want to know right away. Um, so that's, those are the things to look for as far as signs that the infection is progressing into something like sepsis. So does sepsis progress quickly? Like, is it an urgent thing if, I mean, it has to be looked at and dealt with quickly? Yes. Um, so if you're having those signs of fewer wet diapers and not acting right, you need to see, be seen by a doctor right away, even in the emergency room, um, because rapid treatment uh, can make outcomes much, much better. The sooner you get treated, the better. Um, are there any concrete like tests that say, oh, this is sepsis, like blood work or things like that? Um, in adults, there is a test in the blood work that we use to tell if this is a more serious infection. It doesn't hold up for children. So for children, if they have an infection and the signs of sepsis, that's, that's all we need. That's all you need. And okay. that's all we can have. Um, we do do blood cultures and urine cultures to tell if there's any bacteria in those sites because that's something that you can't tell just by looking at the person. Um, and we'll do other, other tests and exams to look for bacteria in other places, like if you have signs of appendicitis or a bone or joint infection. Those are things that we can, that we can usually tell just by, just by a physical exam. Um, so we do our best to look for infections that are in there that we can't tell. Um, but there's not, there's not a sepsis level. I wish there was. It would make our job so much easier. <laughs> well, you mentioned um, antimicrobials as a medication. Um, how, how long does it take to treat this and how, or to recover from it? Well, it's different depending on the infection. Um, most people that are early in their course and just starting to show signs of infection respond very quickly. Um, which is actually makes treating sepsis uh, very satisfying. Um, but it depends on how advanced the infection is and where the infection came from to begin with. So it, it can be, uh, gosh, usually a week or two to treat a serious infection with, with antibiotics. Um, are you hospitalized for that? Or some people have to be hospitalized during that time? Or? Um, frequently, yes. Yeah, okay. al almost always, especially if you're having those later signs like not acting right. Um, you, and decrease urine output, you're, you're hospitalized for at least the beginning part of your treatment. And hopefully you see improvement in patients, but if, if things aren't working well, um, what sorts of things do you see? Because this is life-threatening. Yeah, yeah. So if the infection has become overwhelming um, or they're not, the patient isn't responding to antibiotics and fluids, which is the mainstay of treatment, uh, we have them go to our pediatric ICU, and the pediatric critical care group has done a ton of work both locally and across the country and even worldwide to try and determine what the best course of treatment is for the various types of infections and the various types of patients they see with overwhelming infections. Um, so we hand them off to our, our ICU colleagues and they have even more than just fluids and antibiotics uh, treatment modalities available to support the blood pressure, help the patient breathe. Um, okay. So the... They, they, when they get involved, they're high energy, Okay. <laughs> very attentive, and they, they take their job very seriously. So for those who um, recover from sepsis, do mm -hmm. they have, is there lasting damage, or is, does that set them up for other reactions later in life? So reactions later in life, I don't think we know that. Uh, it depends on where the infection was. So if it started off as an appendicitis, having a big infection in, you know, appendicitis is in your belly, so having a big infection in your belly can have further complications from that inf inflammation healing. And same thing with um, bone and joint infections when you, 
when you're healing up a bone or joint that it creates some scar. That's what our body does. So it depends on where the infection was. Um, but the inflammatory process in itself, once it's treated and recovering, it doesn't, especially in kids, there usually are no long-lasting uh, for most people. Okay, good. Well, this is Upstate's Health Link on Air. I'm your host, Amber Smith, talking with Dr. Melissa Schaefer about sepsis. Um, so I, I've read about the incidence of sepsis that it seems to be on the rise in the United States. Any idea why that might be? We don't entirely know. Uh, part of it is definitely recognition that we're realizing that's happening more and more and we're writing it down more and more so people can go back in, the, in our records and see, oh, they recognized it this many times in this year and this many times in this year. The, uh, the code for recognizing sepsis was only developed about 15 years ago, so using it has, has become more and more common, especially now that state and federal uh, regulators and quality groups are looking at making sure that we're doing a good job of recognizing and treating it when it's present. Um, so part of it is just that we're, it was always there and we weren't calling it sepsis or we weren't recognizing that Tracking. that's what we were doing. Okay. The other thing is our, uh, our immune suppressive drugs have gotten much, much better in the last 10 or 20 years. So our treatments, including chemotherapy uh, for cancers and biologics, like you'll see the ads that, that say side effects include tuberculosis and hepatitis B, they're altering your immune system, those drugs that have infections as a side effect. And the development and uh, use of those has, has only gone up in the last, I'd say, 10 or 15 years. And when you alter your immune system, you, you become at risk for sepsis. Right, set yourself up for... Huh. Yeah, so I think that's part of it, although I don't have the exact numbers for what percentage that accounts for and what percentage is just more recognition. Well, how big of a concern is sepsis for hospitals in general? You said that we've really ha only had a code for the last 15 years, but it's been a concern for hospitals, right? Yeah, so it is either the biggest, I believe it's the biggest cause of death for hospitalized patients, especially in adults. And then studies in children have shown that it, it accounts for a, a significant percentage of hospitalization days for children too, even if they're hospitalized for other things, having an infection as a, as a late complication when you're hospitalized for something else is a huge, huge issue. It might extend your stay? Definitely, yeah. definitely extends your stay. Um, so I know it's a dreaded uh, occurrence in patients who are being treated for chemotherapy that they might get an infection that would delay their treatment, extend their hospital stay, and Preventing that as much as we can is one of the, the issues that we're trying to tackle, and we're part of a Children's Hospital Association collaborative uh, called Improving Pediatric Sepsis Outcomes, IPSO, okay. <laughs> um, and uh, making sure that we prevent sepsis when we can and treat it rapidly when it's present is, is their main aim. So let's talk about some of the improvements that Upstate has implemented related to sepsis. What are we doing differently now than, I don't know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago? Well, we never used to screen all of our patients. And the New York State initiative uh, that started in 2013, 2014, um, that said, you know, we should screen all, all ED and inpatients for, for sepsis because this is happening more than we were realizing before, like we talked about. Um, so we're doing that now. And that was part of the New York State initiative. Um, and we also have a protocol for when it's present, 
what are we going to do? And so that it happens consistently and it happens quickly. And all staff, when they join at Upstate, are taught what their part in that protocol is. Um, even if they don't have a part, just to be aware of it, that this is something we're on the lookout for and this is what we do when we see it. So do you think it's making a difference? I do, and I have the numbers to support that, although our techniques are getting more refined now that we're part of the Children's Hospital Association Collaborative. Um, our time to deliver the first dose of antibiotics when someone comes in with an overwhelming infection dropped to less than an hour. An hour was our goal uh, on average when we first started implementing our protocols and our, our screening and recognition uh, procedures. And we also dropped our time to the first fluid bolus uh, based on the same uh, improvements. So fluid bolus, what is, what is that? Well, you get an IV, just a regular old little straw in your arm, um, and we give fluids as fast as we can. So when you usually think of an IV, it's hooked up to a pump, like you know, mm, sort of like you right. see on TV with the tree. Um, so regular fluids can be delivered that way if you just you know can't eat before surgery or whatever, or you're dehydrated for some reason. That's a great way to get your fluids. But if we want to give fluids fast, like in sepsis. Um, we give them as fast as we can, and the standard is under five minutes to get 20 ml per kilo, so an adult about a liter of fluid very quickly. Interesting. Um, and so our nurses are all trained to not use the pump and deliver it either by hand where they're manually pushing a syringe full of fluid into the patient um, or using a, a bag with a blood pressure cuff wrapped around it to get the help get, get the fluid faster. in as fast as possible yeah and then we assess to see how the patient responded and they respond very quickly which is really satisfying they, you really see that you know the baby who's lethargic all of a sudden wake up and cry and that's just very rewarding to see wow that's exciting that it's working so well thank you so much for being here my guest has been dr melissa schaefer an assistant professor of pediatrics at upstate i'm amber smith for upstate's podcast and talk show HealthLink on air